Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 13 of Pigskin's Picks. As always, I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm your host, Dave. And today we will be diving in to a division in college football that is near and dear to my heart, the Big Ten. Very Dave, excited for this. Dave, you have any you have any thoughts on uh, the Big Ten? Uh, well, it's going to be the last year they're called the Big Ten. I believe now they're going to be what? Oh, yeah. the, like the Big 80 after this year. The way it's going. Uh, I know we keep notes at the end of the episode, but I think we should just mention uh, next year, Ryan, who's coming into the Big Ten? You got USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington. I believe those are the four big names. Uh, not losing anybody. Not losing anybody, no. Um, those are the four big ones. So, uh, yeah, this is this is a this is a year where teams look at you know they have to win the Big Ten this year because it's going to get a lot harder. It's also funny because they're called the Big Ten, but there's quite literally more than ten teams in the conference. But there's like sixteen, I think. So make that make sense why it's called the Big Ten. I think it's the, I literally think it's the Big Twenty. At the at the moment, it's literally the Big Twenty. So you have the Big XX. Yeah, literally. Perfect. Well, Ryan, if you don't mind, uh, I'll uh, take us away with the Big Ten West Division. Yeah, talk about those bums on the other side. <laughs> All right. So before I get, dive too much into that, I'm actually going to mention the odds to win the conference. This is not the division. This is win the entire Big Ten. Um. Ironically, Ohio State is the favorites at plus 175. Ooh. That's Ryan's favorite team in the world. Oh, Michigan, you, shut your, you shut your mouth, David. <laughs> Michigan comes in at plus 180 on both FanDuel and Caesars. By the way, uh, Ohio State is on Caesars at plus 175. I believe FanDuel is plus 150. So if you're going to do bet Ohio State, get, do it on Caesars. You get way better odds. Penn State is plus 575 on Caesars. Wisconsin, the first team from the West is at plus 900, and then Iowa uh, wraps us out in fifth at plus 1,200 on FanDuel. So quick rundown last year. Purdue ended up uh, going 8-6 and six overall, 6-3 six and three in conference. Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota went 5-4 and four in conference. Wisconsin went 4-5. and five. Nebraska, 3-6. and six. Northwestern, the great 1-8. and eight. After winning that first game of the year, they did not win a game the rest of the season. Uh, and we know all the problems happening over there with all the firings and the hazing and all that, but we really won't go too much into that right now. So, new season now. I think the West is very open and that there's a potential few teams that could end up actually representing the West in the Big Ten championship game compared to the East, which is much more top-heavy. Ryan, I'm going to give you my top three teams. Uh, In third place, I think Minnesota's going to round out. I just think P.J. Flex, good coach. Um, I know they lost one of my favorite players in Muhammad Ibrahim, but they're still a good team. And the West is kind of just has so many question marks for most of these teams that I just think Minnesota could end up coming in third. Uh, I think I um, Illinois is going to drop. Uh, I think Nebraska is going to be Nebraska. I think Purdue is going to also drop. So I'll have Minnesota at three. At two, I'm going to have Iowa. I think I was just poised, you know, going to have a top, 15 defense in the country. It just comes down to can this offense to have any type of offense. Um, you know, we do know that they have a new quarterback now who should just on paper, they can't be as bad offensively with Mr. Cade Mac, uh, McNair being quarterback. Like he, I know he's not the great Michigan quarterback that he, uh, 
Ryan hoped he was back in the day, but he's no still problem. a very good game manager. And just Iowa's going to be good because if they can score points, like Iowa's a dangerous team because they don't let up any points. But first place, I do have Wisconsin. I think after a really bad season, Wisconsin. I mean, they went four and five in conference, seven and six overall. They're going to make the big step forward. Um, they just are always great defense, and just you know, their other problem is quarterback play. They no longer have Graham Mertz, thank God. I mean, I remember Ryan when Graham Mertz first came in. We thought he was going to be the guy for them because I think he had four or five touchdowns in his first game with Wisconsin, and then we never saw that ever again his entire career there. Uh, we know that it's a completely new overhaul to Wisconsin offensively. Tanner Mordecai is there now, who had a prolific career at SMU and played at Oklahoma. Uh, so he's just off the bat, going to have more of an air offense. And Wisconsin made the big move to bring in Cincinnati head coach Luke Fickle. So Wisconsin's number one, and that's the reason they're going to win the Big Ten West is, I think, Mr. Luke Fickle. Um, he's coming to Wisconsin after a phenomenal tenure at Cincinnati, even last year with a down year compared to what he did in the last couple of years. I mean, he went 57 and 18 at Cincinnati and had a Cincinnati in the college foot playoffs had Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Now, this is not a football school. Cincinnati is not a football school. had multiple first round picks coming out of that school really just made them into a perennial, were they in the, um, the AAC? I believe. Well, now they're not, but they were in the AAC, Ryan, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think they're in the AAC. Um, they were no longer. Uh, now they're in the Big 12. And that was really big because of Fickle's uh, play there and had them playing so well. So I think now he goes to a Wisconsin program that we know Wisconsin's a football school. Pretty good at other sports, but like he's going to get just better recruits off the bat. And he's going to bring his play style to Wisconsin, which with that defense... And those running backs that they have, they're going to be pretty good. I mean, they think that even though I don't have a team from the West making the playoffs, Wisconsin's going to be in, in within a couple of years. Would not shock me if they're playing for a the college football playoffs position because they're going to be really good now. You've gotten a really good head coach. I love that move. Notable players I already mentioned are Batan Mordecai coming from SMU. By far, the reason the Badgers are going to have to turn around from last year to this year is because of him. Um, Mr. Tanner Mordecai, the former Oklahoma SMU quarterback, is back for one final season to play under Mr. Fickle, and I really couldn't be more excited just because I think Wisconsin's finally going to join like the 2000s movement or the 2010s movement and have an air raid offense. Wisconsin has just been known as a ground-and-pound team. They've been great running back university, many, many good uh, NFL players come from the, from Wisconsin in the running back position. But they've always struggled offensively with the quarterback. It's just not going to happen with with Mordecai. I mean, they've played, their play style, you can argue, Wisconsin, is they play like Iowa, like they're playing in the 1950s. And they still, like, win a lot of football games like that. Now you're going to bring a guy who can actually have an offense? I mean, Mordecai, at S- his last few years at SMU, Ryan, these numbers are stupid. 7,152 yards. 72 touchdowns, 22 picks in the last two years. Oh, he, he slung it at SMU. He, I mean, he can throw the football. And if you can do that, if you can do, bring that over to Wisconsin and do that at Wisconsin, oh, my, that team can be dangerous it, because we know it, everywhere else. It brings it, an element Wisconsin hasn't had in – Ever, ever. Or, I mean, since, well, honestly, since, since Russell Wilson. Since Russ. And that was 2011. 12 years ago. 
So, you know, the last, like, major – I think Russ is the last major quarterback to transfer to Wisconsin, and look what he did. He walked into the Rose Bowl, put up a phenomenal season. So maybe Mordecai is going to follow those footsteps. The second big transfer I want to talk about, and this is to the team I think will finish second in the comp, in the division, and that's uh, Iowa getting Nick Jackson from, from Virginia. Great, great career in Virginia. Three straight 100-plus tackle seasons. He was the second all-team ACC last year. Really, really liked watching him at Virginia, not playing against him because he was just all over the field. Uh, but he's going to go slide right in to a secondary, or I should say front seven, that has that lost some guys to the draft this past year, as Iowa does. They churn out really good NFL defensive players. But we know that defense at Iowa is going to be elite. And he's just going to fill that middle. And don't be surprised if you see him be one of those little do-it-all linebackers that you always see coming out of, like, Nebraska, Iowa, and Wisconsin. I feel like you always just got one of those guys. They do. They can rush the quarterback. They could. They could get up ten tackles a game. They just play good coverage. It's just all over the field. Very excited to see what, what happens for the Hawkins twenty twenty three. Like I already mentioned, no, I do not think a team is going to make the college football playoffs in the Big Ten West. Like I said, I think Wisconsin makes the jump back to the dominance that they have been. But I just think the East is so loaded that even if the only way Wisconsin's getting has a chance is they have to go undefeated before the Big Ten championship game. And I love the team. I think that they're going to be very good, but I just don't think that's going to happen. They have a very tough match against Ohio State. They have a very tough match with Iowa. And just, again, the likelihood that Fickle gets to have an undefeated season his first year there just is very unlikely. Um, I think, though, this is a great stepping stone season that, again, they'll represent the Big Ten West. They, they could cause an actual issue for the, the winner of the East, depending on what the East does. You know, Wisconsin could actually play a little bit of troublemaker uh, in that Big Ten championship game if they make it the way I believe they will. Um, so we'll have to what happens. Top games, I have to mention, too, from the Big Ten West. First one, Iowa at Wisconsin Week 7. Man, this could have such major impacts in the Big Ten West because they have to travel. The Hawkeyes have to travel to Madison, Wisconsin. Very tough place to play. And it's kind of cool because both teams have new quarterbacks behind uh, under center. Both of them transfers. Cade McNamara going to Iowa. And like I said, Tanner Mordecai going to Wisconsin. They're going to both have very good defenses as they do every single year. It's really going to come down to who can score more points. And, you know, both offenses were pretty terrible last year. Wisconsin definitely has a lot more going for them because they could actually run the football. But it's going to really depend because if Wisconsin drops that game against Ohio State, you know, they got to win this game against Iowa. Iowa has to play Penn State early in, during, the, you know, during the year, too. Like, it's going to be a, a really big game because I think both those teams are going to be sitting with maybe one loss, maximum two losses each. And this game could really catapult one of them to, you know, be in the driver's seat of the Big Ten West. And again, I think it's so much bigger for uh, Iowa just because Iowa has to play Minnesota um, the following week. That's a really tough two-game stretch. They got to go Wisconsin and they got to go Minnesota back to back, and that's after playing Penn State Week Four, which is the second big game I want to talk about. I mean, Wisconsin's got to go play Purdue that week in Week Four. Tough game, don't get me wrong, but the game that Iowa's have to play going to Penn State—that's just such a tough matchup. I mean, let's be honest. Playing at University Park is not an easy place to play. Just like most of the Big Ten games, it's very tough to win on the road in the Big Ten. Um, 
Iowa would love to steal this game. It would definitely help uh, because, again, like I said, we seven they got to play Wisconsin. If they already go into playing Wisconsin and they already have a loss, they really can't afford to get a second loss to Wisconsin because they got to play Minnesota the week after, which is also a very potential lossable game. Um, you know, later down the road, Wisconsin has to play Ohio State, but if Penn State can up, can be, you know, if Iowa can upstate Penn State, that could actually allow them to take a loss at Wisconsin, which would not derail their their Big Ten West aspirations to make the Big Ten championship game. So it's going to be really tough, I think. Um, I, I definitely think that that Week 7 matchup could have a see who's going to end up winning, winning the West, unless we have a surprise team this year. Um, kind of just going to be interesting. Um, but those are the games I'm really excited for. That's my breakdown of the Big Ten West. Why? What do you got? That's a really good breakdown. I, I like everything that you said there, Dave. Oh, nice little, not to change subjects, but, uh, Taekwon Thornton actually showing off that he can football for the New England Patriots. Yes, we do have, we do have the game on while we are, uh, recording just cause, uh, try not to get distracted, but. My top three in the West are Wisconsin, Iowa, and I think Nebraska is going to be back this year. And you think Nebraska? I mean, you really are ready to say could Nebraska get back to the dominance? I don't think people realize. Maybe, maybe uh, college historians would, but like Nebraska used to be like the best team in the country. Like they were the oh, best. They nice. were like top five every single year. They've just yeah. been so bad for so long now. Like they're t- regarded as some of the best college football teams to ever play, which is and nuts to think. I think Nebraska's gonna be back because of two words: Matt Rule. I don't hate that Matt Rule. Quite literally, I know uh, people say he didn't do great in the NFL, but he quite literally succeeded at every college he, he went to. He should have stayed wherever the he should have stayed in college. Uh, you look at Temple. Should have stayed at Baylor. Yeah, should have stayed at Baylor. But you look at what he did at Temple. You look at what he did at Baylor. Temple. They went from what two and nine to you know, nine and three the following year. Moves the Baylor, you know, a four, five, three, four, five win team. I forgot exactly what their record was. To competing and winning, they won the. Pretty sure they won the Big Twelve. Yep. When he was, they mm-hmm. beat Oklahoma State, uh, in a COVID year, right? Yep. So like. I know you should have said he stayed, but he also got paid the absolute bag to go to the bag. I know, I know. The bag. But it's like, this is what he does. He turns college programs around, and he's really good at it. He normally so, takes him two years. So, like, I, that's why I'm less keen to be behind uh, Nebraska. I mean, we can always do, say that we do see the, the, the Matt Rule effect at Nebraska because they have been in the conversation for some very notable college, uh, college high school recruits, something they have not been involved in in decades yes like and it's also like how you brought up the aura of wisconsin it's the aura of nebraska like you know these time you know parents who played at wisconsin and nebraska are going to look at these schools and say hey um we could get a name now you know i know the last well, at least not for wisconsin wisconsin's been pretty relevant the last decade it seems like um, but like a team like Nebraska has just been not good for the last decade. Like you ask a Nebraska fan, they they're embarrassed to be a Nebraska fan. I mean, right now they're sitting at their um, 
honestly, this is pretty impressive. It sounds, it may not sound great because we talk about like the Bammers and the Georges and the Michigans and the Ohio States, but um, Nebraska's commit. So next next year, they have the twenty two overall class, which yeah, again, what- isn't like that's not eye popping, but it also kind of is because it's like they have, you know, four, four, five, five, four stars coming in who are 90 overall or higher right now. That's pretty good. I mean, you're getting the athletic outside linebacker. They have uh, quarterback Daniel Keeling going in as well. They have Carter Nelson, who's the number uh, two overall tight end in the class of 2024 going there. Like they, like, and guess what? That, that 22 overall, the 2025 class I'm telling you right now, they will not be 22. They will be probably top 15, if not closer to the top 10. Oh yeah, once you know, once these you know, you get your kids in twenty twenty four to kind of you know figure out where they're going, that that class will rise. But I'm I'm gonna Dave. I think Wisconsin. Oh wins. well, actually, sorry to cut you off, Ryan. But right now they do have the current fifteenth overall class twenty twenty five. I know it's it's not like that filled through right now because it's such an early. Uh, it's still kind of far out, but they do have the fifteenth overall class currently. Compared to la- like last season, they had the twenty thirty first overall for the t- uh, twenty twenty three. In twenty twenty two, they had thirty two. So like just the Matt Rule effect, they're already ten. You're already ten plus spots higher, and you're looking at fifteen spots higher for twenty twenty five class compared to what you were in twenty twenty three. It's just like I I just think him being gonna it's it's literally the Matt Rule effect. Like that's the only thing I can say because you're gonna see it over the next. You know, two, three, four years um, with him being there for, I think he signed, whatever, five, six-year deal. So, but I do agree with you in the fact that I do think Wisconsin's going to win the Big Ten West. Uh, Luke Fickle's the best coach in that division. Arguably third best coach in the conference. I think he's better than Franklin. No disrespect to James James Franklin, but... um, what have you – you give Luke Fickle a team like that. Um, I mean, look what he was doing with Cincinnati, which no offense. Yeah. Again, they're, he was turning guys in the first-round draft picks. Like, he's a – again, I, and I, it's – I know it's year one. So, like, I'm, I want to teeter expectations. But, like, I, I'm looking at – they could – it could be Nebraska-Wisconsin, like, like, becoming the two powerhouses in the, in the West. Yeah, before – you know, this is – going to be the last year that the divisions are the divisions that the way they are so we'll see how the realignment works out but um yeah we're gonna see you know nostalgic teams go back to being the powerhouses that they were i think they're not powerhouses but the the dominant forces that they were so it's college football is just better when nebraska is when Nebraska's good and Wisconsin's good too. Oh, um, yeah. you know, again, you can say that in every the sport. Buzz, the buzz around Big Ten football, the buzz around that area of the country, just it's just different. Let me ask you this. Oh, never mind. I just got the answer. I was going to actually ask about uh, Dylan Violia if he had um, completely con- uh, decommitted. Because I know that at one point, Rule almost got him, which – is pretty nuts when you ask me. I mean, right now the the top three quarterbacks that they that they offered obviously did not are not going to them. Um, with 
Dylan going to Georgia, CJ Carr going to Notre Dame, and Haas Hanji, I think I say his name, probably just said it very wrong, going to TCU. But, um, that's I know they, what they were, are you looking What? I'm looking at the 24 7 sports, the, the, the offers, the offers of quarterbacks that Nebraska put out for the class 24. Oh, those are the top three quarterbacks in the class. I was about to be like, um, no, no, those are the top three that they offered. I mean, Dylan, I believe, is the top. Is he not the top quarterback in the class 2024? He is, yeah. I'm pretty sure he is, so. But continue. So, as I mentioned before, Wisconsin wins the West. Now, some notable players that, you know, Dave mentioned. Dave mentioned a quarterback before. I mentioned a quarterback as well. Kate McNamara makes the switch from. Iowa makes the switch to Iowa, sorry, from University of Michigan, uh, losing the quarterback battle to J.J. McCarthy. Uh, you know, playing time diminished, and then it got to he wasn't playing at all. So he makes a smart Did he play, play last year for Michigan? He started one game. Um, and then... No, he started two games, sorry. And then he got hurt week three, and then it was the J.J. show. Basically. So J- the, last year was J.J.'s first year starting? Yes. I'm all off with this. He's a junior. I keep thinking he's, he's a, a true, He's a true junior. True junior. So this is like true. actually finally like his team. Okay. He can, if he wants to after this year. Please yeah, don't. but I don't, I don't think he should personally. But that's – unless he puts up some type of like Heisman caliber season, I, I do not think. He wins a natty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep, keep hoping there, bucko. Uh, but, no, you know, Kate McNamara transfers to Iowa. Needed a quarterback just because of, you know – uh, Spencer Petrus wasn't cutting it last year. I can tell you that right now. It's so, crazy for a team that drafts so that that recruits so well on the offensive line, the defensive line, actually just all defense, tight every, ends, running backs. They just cannot get the quarterback position, and they cannot get, for the most part, the wide receiver position. Yeah, it's it it's bad. But then well, they can because what's his name was there, and then you know. Uh, Mr. Uh, Chuck Sizzle was there <laughs> at 12 catches in his career and then goes to Purdue and puts up ridiculous numbers. Yeah. So maybe yeah, it makes sense. You had Ray Charles trying to throw him the ball. This is the equivalent to Helen Keller. What was, the, what was the stat? Uh, I believe last year, uh, Caitlin Clark had more points in the postseason of the NCAA tournament than Iowa had their entire year on offense. And, and football, yeah. So think about that. I mean, their defense, I think, was outscoring their offense at one point. I mean, they only scored 17 points a game. It's not, it's not cutting it. So, little side note to Cade McNamara being there. Uh, do you know who the Iowa offensive coordinator is by any chance, Dave? Isn't it um, the son of the head coach? It is. It is, this. it is the son of head coach Kirk Ferentz. Brian Ferentz is the offensive coordinator for the Iowa Hawkeyes. And they just moved uh-huh. on from him. Well, here's here's the kicker. So his contract was actually, uh, and they decreased his pay by about fifty thousand dollars. So, yeah, that's what would happen when you can't score. And then he also has a clause put in his contract. Basically, if he does not average twenty five points a game for the season, uh, he's basically going to get fired. That's so, actually crazy. I've never heard of a clause like that. That's nuts. Uh, it, like necessary. So the clause is like, you know, if he doesn't average 25 points a game, they'll have talks, but it's basically like, you know, 
You don't. If he's averaging 24 and a half points a game, they'll probably let it pass. But if he averages 17 points again, no, I think really if you don't, if he doesn't, like, you can't be lenient on this because they've been, the offense has been so bad for so long. It's, you need to literally, you know, put the hammer down if he does not succeed and can him. I get, but I'm saying if if they are averaging 24 points a game, I think they'll, they'll, no, I still, I, it's 25 or nothing. I mean, listen. I understand, but when you when your father's the head coach, uh, it comes down to you know. He, last I checked, he's getting up there in age too, and he's kept his son on for a while. He called nepotism. Nepo, he's a nepo baby. Yeah, That's... but uh, no, I don't. And also, I'm sorry that with that team, I, I was looking at their like they got a pretty good roster. They're like 25 is not a, a tough ask. It's no, not. But... People don't realize. People only think 25. That sounds like a lot because the NFL, like NFL, is different in college. 25 doesn't put you that high up. Like last year, I, I, I we talked about the Pac-12. Pac-12 had uh, Utah and Oregon State had top 20 defenses, but they still both were like top 15 offense, and they both were averaging 30 points a game. It's like it, it's doable. So it's extremely now, doable. I'm going to jump to the second player who transferred to Nebraska. Interesting. I just looked at who this is. Interesting because what I just said, Nebraska has the number two tight end coming in the class of 2024. So, Arik Gilbert was a five star tight end. Now, you don't really see five star tight ends that often. Mm-mm. Oh, side note. Sorry to, to jump here. Uh, Iowa is also getting a very good tight end in Eric All, who transferred with Cade McNamara from Michigan. So uh, He missed old- most of last year, though, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And he had a good 2021. He was very good, very good in 20, him and Schoonmaker, very good in 2021. Um, but he was the, in my opinion, he was a little, the slightly better tight end, a uh, little bigger, a little more, a little more mobile. Huh. Um, but let's jump to another tight end in uh, the Big Ten. Uh, Rick Burt, again, you don't really see the five-star tight end pop up that often, right? It's just, something, it's kind of like a unicorn almost. Yeah, no, normally there's four-star that's rated, like, 92 overall. And you're like, okay. Because, by the way, oh. college rankings, uh, the high school rankings make no sense. Like, oh, no, you have these guys who are 95 overall, but they're a four-star. What? Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Because I think, like, your top – I think it's your top 30 or 35 guys are five-star. So, <laughs> like, think about that. You have 30 or 35 five-stars out of a whole high school – Recruiting class. That's I get that, wild. but that just to me, that's like, well, they don't. They can't all be ninety fives. Like then, like if, no. like I don't know. I think the rating system should should be edited. And like, you're a five star. Like, like you're to me a ninety two or higher. Yeah, because not or ninety five or higher. But like I just said, they have a four star quarterback going in who is a 95, 96 overall, but he's a four star. Like maybe that's- maybe added half stars. I don't know. Just to but, me, like four star is like in the eighties. I'm just thinking like simple math, simple like grading. Like if you're a two star, you're you know a sixty overall or a seventy overall. Yeah, it's it's confusing me. But he actually started at LSU. I don't think he played a snap at LSU. Then transferred to Georgia. Didn't play at Georgia, or he played very little at Georgia. Well, you have to, you did have two, um, you know, kind of all Americans at. Donald Washington and uh, the best I'm, player in college football uh, this year. <laughs> I'm glad you bring him up because um, I think he's a more mobile, slightly less of a blocker, Darnell Washington. 
Well, then that could be re- that rule is going to have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, you can. You can have a lot of fun with a guy like that because he's six five, two fifty. Um, he can block too. Um, big boy, he can one hundred percent block. But I, to the extent of Darnell Washington, I don't think so. He was. I mean, Darnell Washington is the arguably the best blocking tight end I've seen come out of college. In I, I mean, I have to like go back because you're not yeah. that po- even like the good blocking tight ends, like the really good blocking tight ends, are not this good in college. No, like he is. Like I think of someone like Mercedes Lewis, who has become one of the best blocking tight ends in football. I mean, for years, you know, we always talk about Gronk being like the perfect hybrid of of being a phenomenal blocker and pass catcher. You don't see that ever. I again, I think of like guy like George Kittle. Who was a good blocking tight end in college? Obviously, also pretty good offensively. Noah Fant was a better offensive than than blocking. But I just think of like these great blocking tight ends in college. They're never like I think Washington's so polished in the blocking aspect that that's why they talk about using him as the sixth lineman for the Steelers because he's as good as the lineman. I can I can see that too, honestly. But yeah, I think he's going to be a. An insane weapon for Nebraska. Now, will any team from the Big Ten West make the college football playoff? No, just there's not enough talent on any team in the West. It's no disrespect, you know. It's not there yet. Like you said, yeah. Rule oh. and Fickle could could really change that around, depending on how this realignment yeah. works. So, two games I want to highlight. Uh, week one, we're getting started with a bang in the Big Ten West. Minnesota versus Nebraska. Great Thursday night football game for college fans. You know what's funny, Ryan? That game could actually depend on who finishes in third place, depending on <laughs> from what we're both saying. Because I have Minnesota going third, you have Nebraska third. That oh, week yeah. one matchup could end up being a pretty uh, important one. It'll be really big. So, I mean, again, it, and also we're going to see if Nebraska's back. Oh. You got a concert going on in the background? I have no idea. <laughs> um, Like, Minnesota's been, you know, a decent team in the West. Let's see if Nebraska can play with the big boys now in the West. Matt Will's first real test. Yeah, it, it did. What a way to start a week. Now, second game, Ohio State of Wisconsin, week four. That's, by the way, week four. I was looking at the week four matchups in the Big Ten. We have so, I mean, look, that's when IRS go to Penn State. That's when the two big, like, West teams, the two, you know, kind of favorites in the West, have to travel to the east. Is that is that the week of the twenty third? I believe that is the week of the twenty third. Oh, yeah, it's the week that uh, I don't believe you're around. No, it is the week that it's the. We will be with each other the week of the twenty third. Oh. Gonna be oh no. We'll so be able much. to watch the night games, not the early games, but we'll be able to watch the night ones. Oh yeah, I I think we went over it off off air. It's just like that week is insane. No, week week four of the college football. There were so many good games that week. Oh my god! It's like, why is it week four? Why is it so early in the year? But then again, it also kind of starts to see separation between who's the pretender and who's the legitimate threats. Yeah, exactly. So again, it's we're going to see if Wisconsin can play with the big boys week four. The thing um, is, the one difference is they are home. They are, yes, Wisconsin's two big home games. Against uh, Ohio State and Iowa, are, that, that's huge. You know, it's huge. And again, I don't. I I'm going to just go on the record. I do not think um, Ohio State will lose to Wisconsin. 
I think that will be Wisconsin's I, loss. Uh, That's I why I think the Iowa game is so important because I think Iowa and Wisconsin probably lose those week four matchups, putting them at uh, potentially one loss each when they play each other in week seven. Why that's going to be such an important game. But, again, Wisconsin have a defense that could slow down Ohio State. So they're going to come down to can Ohio State's uh, quarterback play. That's going to be the question because Ohio State's defense is going to be good. They have the two of the top four receivers in the country, the best one in the country. They got a great running back. Like they're going to be really good. Like... Oh, we didn't even mention Braylon Allen. Oh my god! No, Braylon Allen's one of the most underrated running backs in the country. I honestly think when you stop and think about it, you have. Hold on, I'm do math here real quick. Quorum. Let me do math real quick. Hold on. Yeah, need... Quorum Allen, because there's two now at Wisconsin. They got Quorum. someone else, right? Uh... Quorum. Quorum Edwards Allen Singleton. The other Allen. So you have. Um, well, wait, wait, what other? I'm saying they didn't they just get in another. Is Ch- Chaz Malusi still there too? If I'm not mistaken, or Chaz Malusi still there as well? Who had a a pretty good, pretty has he'll be a senior this year. He had a pretty good year last year with almost 500 rushing yards. Um, Allen, right out of Wisconsin. Be a Braylon Allen, yes. You have Catron Allen and Nick Singleton out of Penn State. Oh, wow. Yeah, you got it. Or Edwards, and then you have Ryan Williams and Travion Henderson. So you have, you, you could argue, this is going to sound absolutely bananas when I say this out loud. Um, you have seven of the top 15 running backs in the country in one conference. I don't think that's that insane because it's, thinking about it, it's probably true. You can argue it's, t- they're, they're top 12. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to look at the entire, like, like got, whole country oh. breakdown, the whole college breakdown. But, um, like, all those names, because they, they all were all balled out last year, too. Like, it's not like, oh, these oh. are. Okay, uh, yeah, obviously, I know you have Judkins from Ole Miss, who's probably the second best running back in the country behind Corum. Um, okay, okay, mister. <laughs> come on. You're, you're, you're going to – Sit there and tell me that Blake Corum was not the best running back in the country last season. Bijan Robinson was, but, but they, Blake Corum just ran the ball four hundred times. They're gonna do that against him, and he's gonna get hurt in week twelve, and then they're gonna miss them, and then they're gonna lose their play. Their, their, the, the I know Bijan's not even on like the list for me because like I know he's that good. So like, I don't oh even... my god, enough! Oh, the best quarterback. All right, move on. What's the other game? You want want to move over to the East, to the Beast Division? I no, if you don't mind, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about I'm gonna talk about the the I'm gonna talk about the East. Let's go to the East then. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get fired up about the East. You son of a bitch! <laughs> You're a real bastard. You know that? What? <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. I thought I want to know that Ryan, um, if it, Ryan's mental health is going to fringe on if Michigan is good or not this year. Oh no! Yeah. If Michigan loses like four games, Ryan is probably gonna be in a psych ward because he's gonna lose his marbles. All right. Well, top three teams for me in the East. Who's your third team? Go backwards. I have I have Penn State at three. Okay. Who I have two? a higher. And then I have Michigan at one. And the only reason I have Penn State at three is because I think Ohio State's defense this can be is really good. Be 
Yes, because I think they're very good. You know, they have a lot of returning guys. Penn, have... Penn State. My my biggest concern with Penn State is actually I don't know how that defense is going to be. Like it's they have, they have a couple guys on that defense who are you know, who can play. No, I get that, but I'm saying like, compared to like. I look at, like, Michigan, even with the guys Michigan lost, Michigan still has, like, a ton of returning people, ton of returning oh. players. Um, and they fixed their weakest link, in my opinion. Ohio State's defense is going to be really good. We know their offense is also going to be really good because they have they didn't lose anything offensively outside of Shroud. Like, offensively, like, I know they lost some guys in the Lions. So their offensive lines has got some questions. But, like, their defense is going to be sick. They didn't lose much on the defense. And then, again, like I said, offensively, they, they who they lose in offense? I mean, they lost a th- they lost a third of their offensive line. No, but I'm saying like weapon wise, no one. They lost nothing. So like they're gonna like their offense is gonna be and their offense was sick last year. So like the offense is gonna be really good and their defense should be really good. And like where I think Penn State's offense is gonna be very good. I don't know how their defense is gonna be. So like I would agree with you. Penn State is by far the most question marks around for the top three. And also really young. That's why that this may not be their year, and that's fine because like in like next year or two years. They are going to be a problem. They're going to be a big problem. Now, who wins the Big Ten East and why? I think Dave knows the answer to this question. Just, just say what you wrote down. Michigan, end of story. That's it. There is no explanation. Michigan is winning the Big Ten East. Michigan is winning the Big Ten Conference. There is no explanation needed. They have the best quarterback in the conference, and they have the best defense in the conference. Oh, and they have the best coach in the conference. So, stuck mm. on that one. I, I don't I, – two out of three, one of them I got a question about. If you don't say that J.J. McCarthy is not the best That's not even about. what I have the question about. No, J.J. by far is, is probably your best because of experience. I mean, you're looking at Drew Alves taking over right. Penn State. Who's he? He really has not – he has a little bit of experience. And then um, – If you – if you're going to sit there and tell me that Brian Day is – that's a fumble. That Ryan, Ryan Day is no, no. Ryan Day is the most overrated coach in college. I will, I will, I will sit there and say that he walked into the greatest, the greatest. There's no been no better opportunity that he walked. You could fall into. Where Urban Meyer left there, I mean, Urban Meyer had that has had Ohio State set up for Ryan Day to just hand him the Ferrari. And you want to talk about like working for it? No, this guy walked and people are like, oh, he's a great coach. No, he's not. I don't think he is. I really don't think. I think that he's had so, the, the talent that he's had on that Ohio State team that I say Urban Meyer set up. I give Urban Meyer all the credit. Terrible, terrible NFL coach. Great college coach. Ryan Day. I don't think is very good. And I think it's we're going to see now. Like it's it's all the the the, the Urban Meyer like ripple effect. I think is finally starting. Like the ripples are starting to like end. And now it's like, well, wait, let's see. Like this year, like Ohio State's going to be really good, but like I don't, I don't love like their future recruiting. Like I, it's, I think Ryan Day's not a very good coach personally. I just yeah. think that he fell into such a great situation where they had guys that were committed for the next four years that he's like still, he didn't have to worry. Like oh, these are guys are coming, and he's had the talent. I think he's a really good recruiter. I think that's what makes that's what makes Ryan Day Ryan Day. Because well, um, he was a great recruiter for Urban Meyer. Did he come? Did, did he come with Urban? Like, oh, has he been like part of Urban's circle for decades? I think he came on the later stages. I'm looking that up. I'm looking up that. You Ooh. keep, oh, you, keep going, you keep going. You keep going. Your breakdown. I'm gonna look up Ryan Day. Ryan Day's stuff. Will you? Uh, you give us. You know who's the transfers and all that. So, 
Uh, no surprise here. Both of my transfers are going to be to the University of Michigan. But the first one is Ernest Hausman. I, that's if I butcher your last name, I apologize. Okay. Transfer- Todd Kachwafai. So he came to Ohio State. Interesting enough, he was actually he was a grad assistant at Florida. Okay, um, then a wide receiver, to, a coach at Temple, went to Boston College, and then back to Temple as the wide receiver coaches. It was Boston College's OC quarterback coach in 2013-14. Then he went Eagles and Niners back-to-back years um, as the quarterback coach. Then there's been Ohio State since 2017, where he was the co-OC quarterback coach in 2017. 2018, he was the acting head coach, OC quarterback coach, and then took over in 2019 as the head coach. Which is not. He's also not the OC. So we got to remember, you have to take that into effect, too. Brian Hartline took over as the OC. Well, yes. So who, 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 who? Yeah, I mean, Hartline's really good. We talk about Hartline's a pretty good NFL Hartline, player. Best wide receiver recruiter I've ever seen in my life. So, but, well, can we can we stop pumping their time for a second? I, I want to talk about the the team that's going to win the Big Ten. Okay. So so Ernest, Penn State. Smack the shit out of you, Ernest Hausman, a transfer linebacker from. Actually, funny enough, the University of Nebraska um, transfers to the University of Michigan. Played 10 games last season, 56 tackles, one fumble recovery. Now, numbers might not be eye-popping, but really good sideline to sideline guy. Um, and the fact that he's going to pair well with, I think, him and Junior Colson is going to absolutely wreak havoc in Big Ten because that's – Probably they're one A one B. I think with Ohio State, and I say that it, it hurts my heart to say that. But Ohio State's linebackers are very good. Tommy Eichenberg's back. Uh, uh, Tua Maioa is I don't know he's a DN, but he could you know play linebacker if he really wanted to. Um, but it's really it's going to be crazy to watch this Michigan linebacker core kind of just run off. Because you also have. Well, let's also not forget Michigan does play the uh, the Sisters of the Blind the first you know entire yeah. year. So, uh, essential is not uh, not, not very, very difficult. Good. So yeah, these guys should be running all over you know Rutgers uh, and good. in uh, Eastern Carolina and uh, uh, you know Bowling Green. Yeah, yeah. If you're not running all over those teams, then there's a lot of concern for when you have to go play Penn State and you got to play you know against Ohio State at the end of the season. They're gonna break the first four or five, first four or five weeks. Is, actually, yeah, first five weeks is because week five they play Rutgers. That's a W. Um, now the second one isn't so much a player; it's more of a unit. The Michigan offensive line picked up three, no pun intended, when I say massive transfers. You got a center in Drake Nugent, who was going to replace the role of Oluwatimi, who was the Remington Award winner for center in the country. You got another guy in Miles Hinton who is five three forty, I believe. Oh sorry. He's actually six six three ten. So my, my numbers were off a little bit there. From Stanford, right? From Stanford. And then actually Nugent and Hinton are both from Stanford. And then the third uh transfer is probably the best one in Ladarius Henderson. He's an interior guy. But he's massive for an interior guy. Uh, 
And when I say massive, I mean like tall. He's 6'5", 280, so he's got a lot of mobility, a lot of mobility on the interior of the offensive line. And I think he's going to fit really well. And then also you have the two bookends on the outside in uh, Zach Zinter and Trevor Keegan, who are just, they're savages. That's really the only word I can describe them as. Just because they love, they love just pancaking someone. And they are the true definition of Michigan men because they stayed for their fifth year. Because they want to win a national championship so bad. So please win that. They just want to win a playoff game. They do. Now, the age-old question, will any team from the Big Ten East make the college football playoff? Yes. Yes, one team will. That team is the University of Michigan. Because if it's not the University of Michigan, it's Ohio State. Because Ohio State. Ryan, Ryan will be at the, at the, the Brooklyn Bridge. No, <laughs> the waters. I could just jump off the GW. That's oh, go to the GW and test the waters. So, I mean, listen, do I – am I biased towards this? Yes. Do I think Michigan has the team to make the playoff? Absolutely. But it's – I have faith in them this year. I, I think – I just think this team knows what they have to do because if they don't do it this year – other shot. I don't know when they're going to do it. And I honestly, I, I say this might sound crazy when I say this. If they don't win one this year, I don't think I'm ever going to see a Michigan National Championship in my lifetime. Not until I'm like 60 or 70. In my lifetime. I don't think Michigan will ever win a National Championship if they do not win one this year. And as now that I'm saying it out loud, I want to cry. <laughs> because they don't. <laughs> Dave mentioned before, my I just, I just put me in put me in one of those barrels and throw me into the Niagara Falls. I mean, listen, it's it's just this is a year I would agree. It's kind of as good as these other teams are going to be. Like Michigan, still like is how they won the Big Ten back to back years. They got to win this one because they're going to lose a good amount after the season. If and that depends, like if JJ doesn't stay, if mixed questions, the Big Ten gets more difficult now with USC coming in. Even if Caleb Williams isn't there, he's still going to have weaponry and all that. Penn State's going to get older. Ohio State's going to get older. Yeah, you, you may lose, you know, Marvin Harrison, but like I, I do agree, like this is Penn, like Michigan has a nice combination of like age, experience, and talent that you're just not going to have necessarily next season. No, and. I'll just, you know, I'll mention the two big games because really. It's the two biggest games for Michigan. It's not a question. It's not, it's not even the two biggest games for Michigan. It's the two biggest games for the Big Ten conference because it's it's going to decide who wins the Big Ten realistically because whoever, whoever goes to. Michigan plays the, Ohio, guys. You should know. They play Ohio, not Ohio State. Oh, my God. I didn't put Ohio State. Well. I'll I'll bring that up a secondly, but the first one I want to mention Michigan Penn State. This game scares the living hell out of me. It's in Happy Valley, twelve o'clock. Sadly it's not a Fox Big Noon game because, you know, CBS just had to go and you know, the Big Ten just had to go and not sign with Fox anymore. Does that mean no so, Gus Johnson? 
No more Gus Johnson. That's, no more. That's so sad. Gus Johnson, the greatest announcer in college football history, is not even a not even a question. But hey, it's Happy Valley is not a fun place to play. When is that game, by the way? Uh, October eleventh. No, let me look. Fourteenth. I thought I put the week down. I did not. It would be fourteenth. Fourteenth is a week that they were playing. That I believe it's that weekend. It's later on in the. It's later on in the year. I know that. Well, that's because you're, you're too tough to keep games at the end of the season or towards yeah. the end of the season. Oh. Which is good though, because you know if you win those games, it ramps you up for, ramps you up for the playoffs. Oh yeah, but, I mean if you lose any games before that, you probably suck and aren't making the playoffs. Well, yeah, that's true. But I mean, as I mentioned before, Katron Allen, Nick Singleton, two-headed monster back, and then. Penn State probably has the quarterback that they have since McSorley. Yeah, well, I mean, I think uh, I think um, I mean McSorley being like a oh, undrafted or like eighth round, seventh round pick. I think Allard has a chance to like actually be a pretty good, pretty good draft pick. I mean, Allard was the number one quarterback coming out of high school. I mean, he looked pretty. You know, he didn't play a lot last year. But he looked pretty damn good when he played. He's a big boy. He's a you know. You know why people love him? He's he reminds everyone of Josh. Six five, cannon of an arm. Two fifty. Damn, so, he's a he is a big boy. Now, second game, I'm I, I'm not I don't even really have to mention it because if you watch college football, it's literally called a game for a reason, and it's Michigan versus Ohio State. Now, you you might think I'm psychotic. For that. This game doesn't scare me as much because we get it at the big house. And I just think if we go into if these if us and Ohio State go into this game and it decides who wins the East, we're not losing that game. Like there, there's oh, no doubt. Also, by the way, Allard in ten games, I mean he didn't play a ton, but like he did have 350 passing yards, five touchdowns, no picks. Another 18 rush attempts for 50 yards and a touchdown. It's pretty good. Yeah. And now it's now the keys are his. That's pretty good. But I mean, that's real. That's all I have for the East. So Dave, you want right. to take it? Away? So um, my top three uh, teams in the East. I just quickly mentioned the last season what happened. Uh, obviously, Michigan went nine and zero undefeated season until they played TCU. They went thirteen and one overall. Ohio State went eight and one. Their only loss being to Michigan when they got their doors blown off of them. I was actually at the at the movies when that game was on. Funny story. I was watching. Um, you the, were movie. I of- went to go see the menu with my sister. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed that movie. But uh, just a little really sidebar. Weird. Penn State went seven and two. I believe the only losses were to Ohio State and Michigan. Yes, they went eleven two overall. Ohio State also went eleven and two overall. Uh, the Maryland went four and five. Michigan went, State went three and six. Indiana went two and seven. Rutgers went one and eight. Those teams rounded out. Was Maryland went eight and five overall. Michigan State went five and seven. Indiana Rutgers four and eight. Not great. Rutgers finished year terrible. Um, my rankings: third place I have Michigan. Second place I have Ohio State. First place I have Penn State. I'm just kidding. I have the exact same rankings as Ryan. Um, Penn State second, third. Ohio State second, Michigan first, but I will say this is extremely tight. Like, oh yeah, do like any these one of these three teams will be the leader, and it could be any of them because like if Penn State could fix their question marks, like they could win the division. Their only two losses were to Ohio State and Michigan last year. Ohio State's only loss of the season before the playoff was um, 
to Michigan, and then Michigan didn't lose a game. So, like, they all just beat each other. Michigan went 2-0 versus them. Ohio State went 1-1. Penn State went 0-2. They could all, they could all go 1-1 versus each other this year, too. That's a very, very doable reason. Chaos. No, chaos. I want chaos. I really do want chaos because I want Wisconsin. No, I don't want I want chaos because want... they all have one loss going into the into like the Big Ten Championship game. They have to play like Wisconsin, and Wisconsin beats one of them. Then no one from the Big Ten makes the, makes the, the championship, makes the playoffs. And I just want to see absolute chaotic. Because there's no way you would not keep it, send one Big Ten team in. So there's a question. Do you take a one-loss Ohio State who doesn't go to the Big Ten Championship game over our two-loss Michigan team? Because they lose to Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship, who ha- Wisconsin happens to say have three losses, like that could end up happening. Because if, if Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan all go one and one versus each other and win every other game this year, you could act, and then whoever makes the championship game ends up losing to the Big Ten West winner. You could actually have the, the one loss team from the East that didn't make the, the championship game make the college football playoffs over the team that represented the East. That's just some food for thought. Well, that's a later down the line thing. That's some food for thought, folks. Um, yeah, no, I, I do think Michigan ends up winning it because I just think that just uh, of all the teams, they're the oldest, they have the most experience, and they d- didn't lose a ton last season. Like, they lost some good players. Like, they really do have a, a majority of that team coming back. And also, for the health of my co-host, if this team doesn't make a major bowl game at least, I may not have a co-host next season. Yeah. So, against- <laughs> I every every week we would call each other to go over these games, and he would be sitting there and looking at his television in his garage, and I'd have his wife tell me, "Yeah, he's he's yelling at the TV again." I said, "It's okay, it's okay, he'll survive." Um, but I want to talk about some notable transfers. Uh, Andre Carter from Western Michigan to Indiana. I know Indiana is not going to scare anyone, but like Carter was really good last year at Western Michigan. Thirteen and a half tackles for loss, seven sacks going to be really good for a team in the east that's going to play some really high powered offense they're going to really need um good d-line play they just want to even sniff a close game against any of these top teams not saying they will but he's just to cut you off but you want to know the Patriots offense just did their last three drives no i don't no three and out out three and out okay well i'm that's a that's a another conversation for another day uh, the other player I want to talk about is Jaquan Shepard from Cincinnati. Makes sense. Luke Fickle leaves, so did he. Going to Maryland. Um, great, great pickup for them. I mean, he was a first-team All-AAC uh, selection in Cincinnati last year. Key player for going to be for Maryland because Maryland lost, you know, Deontay Banks in the first round and then lost Jaquan and Bennett to the NFL as well. So now he lost two of their, their secondary pieces. He's going to, you know – Step in Shepard, who's had up and ups and downs. Didn't really play his first couple of years, first three three seasons Cincinnati. Now he's behind some good players, obviously. But last season had a great 2022. 50 tackles, 10 pass deflections. Um, he also brings great size. He's about 6'2", 200 pounds. So, you know, we know that the Big Ten, especially the Big Ten East, has some really good wide receivers. Really good. So Maryland, if they want to keep any type of hope, is going to need, you know, someone like uh, Mr. Jenkins to keep uh, Shepard, I mean, to shut down or slow down these players that they want to have a chance to stay in these games, which I think Maryland's going to be pretty good, actually, um, just because they still have uh, Tug of Viola still there, right? Yes. The, yeah. And apparently, I don't know if you saw the story about Oh, my it. God. Well, who offered him one point? Was it $1.5 million they offered? 
unknown SEC school. Yeah, okay. So let's be honest here. It's probably Texas A&M. Um, I have no proof, so do not take that. It's just making a joke. Texas A&M is paying everyone stupid amount of money. But Speaking of Texas, talk about that a little at the end of the show. Yeah, so short answer, does a team from the Big Ten East make the college football playoffs? Yes. Unless that crazy scenario I mentioned about five minutes ago happens where they all beat each other and go one-on-one, and they all have a loss, and then they, the winner of the Big Ten East loses to the Big Ten West in the Big Ten Championship game. I still think one of those teams are going to make it, though. Because if Penn State's only lost to Ohio State, Ohio State's only lost to Michigan, and Michigan's only lost to Penn State, which is extremely possible, like, that's it. Like, that's your thing. Or other way around, Ohio State beats Penn State, Penn State beats Michigan, Michigan beats Ohio State, and they, they'll come out. They can all win out, and they would all be, I believe, 12-1 and or 11-1 and at that point. Um, I do, though, think Michigan will win, win it for the third straight year. Um, again, I just think they they have, out of all the, those three teams, Michigan doesn't have, like, a big rival they have to play in, on the West this year. You know, Ohio State has to go to Wisconsin. Penn State has to welcome Iowa. They could lose those games. And now – Michigan would love to see them lose those games because they suddenly each had a loss and then had to play Michigan. Michigan now is in a driver's seat because if Michigan beats either of them, preferably both of them, then Michigan will run away with the with the, the East. Not that I think that will happen. I'm just saying it's potential. Um, they definitely have the inside track. Uh, though they do have, you know, like I said, two tough matchups, Ohio State and Penn State, um, as long as they just don't falter against a little brother Michigan State. Two games I talk about, the Week 8 matchup, huge game. This is going to really matter, especially if Penn State and Ohio State take care of business um, against Iowa and Wisconsin. It's Penn State got to go to Ohio State. Now, Columbus, another really tough place to win, really tough. Um, this is actually the 38th meeting between the two teams. Um, Ohio State hasn't lost Penn State in six, six years. So maybe, maybe this is the Penn State breaks that record and, and takes care of business against them and then takes care of Michigan, and then they win the Big Ten East, maybe. Um, but, again, it's so tough. And it's you have two two really newcomer quarterbacks. I know, like I said, Allard has played, you know, sparingly last year. Uh, but you will have two younger quarterbacks behind these what should be two very good offenses. So we'll have to see. What um, but, like, you just can't – like, that game is just so important because they could be – and, again, Penn State – it has a lesser schedule than Ohio State because Ohio State has to play Notre Dame as well. I keep talking about Iowa. They got to play Notre Dame as well outside of Wisconsin. Like Ohio State could actually have two losses before playing Penn State. They could have three losses before playing Michigan because at Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and Penn State are all losable games for Ohio State. Very for God. Notre Dame is a sneaky one. We'll talk about that next week with the ACC, but that's a really – I mean, they cannot have – Ohio State could have two losses by mid-October and just be – I mean, let's say that. They play Wisconsin after they play Notre Dame in, in Penn State. So they could actually have two losses by mid-October and still have Wisconsin and Michigan in the, in the down barrel. That's crazy. The other team that I have to mention, other big game, it's also a Week 8 matchup. And the reason I mention this is because this team is not the same level as Michigan. They're not. They're in a rebuild. But this team always plays Michigan well. And that's a little about the Michigan State. It's crucial. You know why? Because at this point in the season, Michigan really hasn't played anybody. Um, again, Michigan State is rebuilding. Michigan is, is, the, is the top dog 
as you know, uh, in the Big Ten for the last couple seasons. Uh, so it kind of comes down to they got to go play at Michigan State, and that's just not an easy place. And this is before they even got to play Penn State. They don't play Penn State, by the way, Ryan, until November 11th. So they oh. play. They play okay. Damn, that's actually a tough three game at the end of the year. Because sneaky Maryland is in between that. So I was going to say. They go yeah, Penn State, Maryland. Maryland, Ohio State. So before that, they don't really play anybody. I mean, they play Minnesota. Like, that's their big, big. Minnesota, Nebraska, I don't still see them being there. Michigan State, though, October 21st, very tough game. You know why? Because they have done this before and played uh, upset bug. Little Brother has caused problems. I mean, just look at the 2021 team that was 7-0 that went there. And the end of October, to play a matchup against Michigan State, in East Lansing, and what happened? Future Seahawks star running back Kenneth Walker said, "Hold my beer, I'm going to go rush for 200 yards and five touchdowns." They yes. actually have split their last four meetings. They have split. The, they've gone two and two over the last four years. So that's like a game. I just Michigan cannot overlook that because they have Purdue after that, which I think they take care of, and then they have their three tough games: the at Penn State, uh, at Maryland, and then home against Michigan. I mean, home against Ohio State. So, we'll see. Big Ten East can be very interesting. Because, again, I think any three of those teams can win it. Just really uh, excited. It's okay. fun. I'll tell you that. What? It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun. Big Ten's going to be fun this year. It's going to – because even though the West is weaker, there's going to be some good teams in the West, too. It should be a fun conference. Um, some notes on the league. Got to mention this. Pat Mahomes ranked number one player in the NFL Top 100 by his peers. No shocker there at all. Um, before Actually, I, let, well, we'll talk about the second thing on the list. Yeah, last. We'll do that last. The other things, uh, little new, news around the NFL. Trey Flowers did just sign a deal with the Patriots. Uh, it's a little homecoming now for the man who helped win the Patriots in a Super Bowl in the past, um, who then got paid to go play in Detroit, didn't really do anything, and now he's back home. Um, Henry Ruggs uh, is now getting part of his plea deal, three to ten years. Um, Ryan, wh- who made a comment about Henry Ruggs' jail time? Because I just found that to be absolutely comical of all people. O.J. Simpson said that the, the sentence was too lenient. It's interesting. Last I checked, if the glove doesn't fit, you must have quit. O.J. Um, chopped his wife's head off. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> and he's talking about Henry Ruggs' jail sentence not being yeah. long enough. I just found that really comical. It's like, no one asked you, O.J. No one asked you. Um... Got to mention this one, Ryan. B. John Robinson, RB3 in Atlanta. This, this is 100% smoke. This has is 100% to be. You're not paying him $14 million this year for being running back three. There's no way, dude. You, these things went, what, the eighth overall pick on him? There's no way he's running back three. No offense to Tyler Aguilar. No offense to Cordell Patterson. Loved you two, to be completely honest. Two are great, but it's B. John's show. Show. Um, and then my final note, because Ryan, you know it's a little longer. My final note is um, goodbye to the Pac-12. We will miss you. Uh, 1959 to 2024. And the reason I have mentioned that is, as Ryan said, four teams in the Pac-12 will be joining the Big Ten next year. So now they're going to be the Big 20. Um, we also know that Colorado's leaving to go to, the, go to the, the Big 12, which is now no longer the Big 12. It's the Big six, seven, 16. So I think it's not the Big 18, because who else is going to Colorado? Is it Stanford? Or Stanford's still there? No, Stanford. Uh... The four teams left in the in the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 is just no more. Uh, 
the teams left, if I'm not mistaken, is Stanford, Cal, Washington State, and Oregon State. Oregon State. Arizona's yeah. leaving as well, yes, of all schools. Yeah, because Arizona football is so important. Granted, it's their basketballs is why I believe they're going, they went to the Big 12. Um, it's just it's, – it's hilarious because there's just no um, – there's no teams left. I mean, it's, it's actually bad. And I know the ACC was talking about potentially taking on some of these teams, and they actually voted no. It was completely like, no, we don't need these guys. We don't need to add them. Because the ACC is probably the only conference in football that seems to just actually have their entire conference in the correct, like, section. Big Ten was there, too. I mean, Maryland was a little out of the way. But uh, no longer, now that you add UCLA and USC and Oregon and Washington, you're just now making these kids travel even farther. Um, it's actually brings me to this point. Missouri's head coach, um, Eli Drinkwitz, made a great comment on this because it is true. Um, he was questioned about the change of the NCAA landscape. Missouri head coach Eli Drizwit said, had additional thoughts. I thought the transfer window, um, I thought the portal was closed. Oh, that's just for student athletes. The adults in the room could do whatever they want, apparently. He was referring to how he doesn't like the idea of all these realignments because I know football is the driving factor behind all this, but I watched some very interesting takes from other college athletes. And, you know, teams play kids and stuff who aren't able to travel, you know, in private jets and have all this money. And they're, they're, you know, traveling through commercial and they play, go play two games in a day. Like some soccer, you know, teams have been talking about it. Now you got to travel cross country. Just they already are under a time crunch. They don't have enough time for recovery and sleep and, you know, mental health. And now you're going to make them travel farther distances. It's just there. I think these were premature decisions, Ryan, if I, if I, I don't love the idea of all the changing landscape. Um, you're again, you're losing an entire conference now, pretty much, uh, and that's I've won the Pac-12 on their their past leadership. Who they're in so much debt, they can't get a TV deal. There's a reason why no one wants to join them. There's a reason why all those Mountain West schools that were asked, Big Sky schools, like, nah, we're good, we're good, we'll stay where we are because they know if they joined in there, they're going to take on all this debt. So. It's actually smart decisions by those ADs of those schools being like, we're not getting into the dumpster fire that was created by the Pac-12 itself. And Lane Kiffin actually supported um, uh, Drinkwitz's comments saying that he also believes it's a little insane to uh, with all these realignments because they just kind of happened like this. What? Lane Kiffin also loves to stir the pot. Lane Kiffin also is dating a 25-year-old girl. We're not going to talk about that, but she's, uh, yeah, an old Miss grad. I mean, good for him, I guess, but man. <laughs> um, so goodbye, Pac-12. I, I don't foresee them after 2024. Like, what are they going to do? I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I think that conference is going to actually implode. And there'll there be, be a conference. They'll be in the words of Thanos, gone, reduced to atoms. It's, it's sad just because, but again, like I said, everyone's now jumping ship. And that's why my problem is that, you knew some schools have been doing looking over the last couple of years to do this, and like it had been in the process. And then the minute, like, it's just like everyone, like, at once, just snapping the fingers, we're jumping. And that's why I think there's just so many things. They, there's so many factors they have not thought of. There's so much other money in other sports now that they're not thinking of. And again, I look at a school like Arizona. I'm an Arizona basketball fan for for college. You know, the Pac-12 had been one of the premier basketball conferences, and Obviously, the Big 12 was the best one last year. So now Arizona is going there. It makes sense. You're going to bring one of the top 15 schools in basketball to an already stacked conference. It's just like, I don't, 
I don't know, man. Uh, it's 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 crazy. I, I I don't I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, we're gonna see what happens. We all, yeah. Only only a year will tell. Now, folks, if you have an hour and fifteen minutes of free time tomorrow night, Saturday night, even Sunday, I suggest you sit down and watch the Johnny Manziel untold documentary because let me tell you it's fantastic and it made me like the guy even more and also i and why everyone hates the media because uh, it's just a bunch of media guys saying a bunch of grumpy media guys saying who never had the talent and the skill that a guy like johnny manzel had and just ripping him apart because he'd like to go out and, you know, have a... But, I mean, I don't know about you, Dave. Johnny Mandel's the reason I like college football as much as I do. Just because... Johnny football, baby. The Johnny... Also, man, imagine the NIL well, deal. <laughs> really. The the NIL deals... Because we know he was making money and went, like to go play. But, like, the NIL deals he would have gotten... Oh, Johnny God. football was the, the most talked about name in... The Sports. country on social media. I mean, I have to say, because Skip Bayless credit this, Skip Bayless really exploded with Johnny, with Johnny Football. And I mean, he was the most electric player I've seen play. Um, maybe, maybe ever. I mean, the early two thousand, the early twenty tens were so sick with like players and just Cam Newton, him, Trayvon Boykin. Like, oh my god. They were so good. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow was a little before him, but Tim Tebow. That that documentary comes out in two weeks. So set your set your Netflixes for that. It's it's it, again. It's actually sad because you learn some things about him that you're like, damn. You feel. And also, he's Johnny Manziel is just a savage. He's a baller. I mean, that's that's really what you can say about him. But I mean, I'm glad he you know got you know. Fixed his life up a little bit. And he still likes to have a good time, but uh, obviously football wasn't for him. Oh, maybe you should watch a little game tape. Yeah, yeah, that would that also would help too. But it's a great watch for those who haven't seen it yet. So if you got an hour and fifteen minutes of free time, I suggest throwing on Netflix. I'm a, I have to check it out. I've yet to actually watch it. Um, I just haven't had the time, but I will definitely be. It's on my, it's on my, my to-watch list. Um, but on that note, I know we went a little longer than than the last couple college episodes, but on that note, uh, Ryan, you have anything else to add on? Oh, I'm good. All right. Good. Well, as always, thank you so very much. Please like and share us. Please fo- uh, follow. Let your friends know. Give us a five-star review. Ask questions. Talk to us. Answer our polls. We love you guys, really. We really do. Thank you so very much. Uh, next week we we'll be doing the a- a- the ACC, my uh, my bread and butter. Yes, yes. And then Ryan could just talk about how you know Clemson's going to win, and I'm going to get mad. And first of all, I'm not going to do that. because I'm a nice person. So. Oh, okay, okay. We'll keep that for next week. But on that note, uh, my name is Dave, and I'm Ryan. And have a great night. And as always, oink oink. Thank you.